0: 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Today we start 2023. The truth is, if we knew exactly everything that was gonna happen in our lives in 2023, we might not sign up. There are no guarantees. We, there's no formula that you can prescribe to that says that everything is gonna go your way. There's gonna be trials, there's gonna be tribulations, there's gonna be setbacks. Most likely, in many of our lives, there's going to be some heartbreaks along the way. Now, God is very gracious to us in not revealing everything that's going to happen to us. He gives us the ability to handle. He gives us His presence. He gives us His strength. He gives us truth that we can be objective about that helps us to line up in our mind, in our heart, In in our commitment so that we can endure. God is a master at helping His children endure. And the truth of the matter is, as moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas in here, if there's anything that we could give our loved ones, it would be that unique ability to be able to endure no matter what happens. We, we all want that for our loved ones, and God's love is perfect. So, obviously, God has definitely set up a means in which you and I, as his children, will be able to endure, will be able to endure. One of the things that Kim and Mark are starting is one of those things. Um, God uses the body of Christ to minister to the body of Christ and Obviously, if, if you know of someone or you yourself is in a situation, if you love an addict, if you're family with an addict, uh, you need help. The addict, of course, needs help. But, but what Kim and Mark are doing is not for the addict itself. It's for the loved one of the addict, the friend of the addict, a support group where the moms and dads and brothers and sisters and uncles and aunts can all come together and, and they can hold on to each other uh, and, and do life together and understand what's taking place so that they can embrace each other. And that's the way of the Lord. And His Holy Spirit will come and empower that and take care of that. And, and that's just His way. And the Lord has a way. So what I'm going to share with you today is lighting the fuse for endurance. It's loading the gun for endurance. It's priming the pump for endurance it's it's understanding what it takes for us to be able to be in the right mindset to have the right heart condition so that no matter what happens we can endure and and we can walk through those difficulties i think we all need that information or at least be reminded of it on on a new year start like we have today You know, it's an interesting thing, the new year. There's nothing magical about a new year. There's no line in the day, is there? It's not like today is different than yesterday. It's just a day on a calendar, but we all have a condition. We also, December 31st, the new year is going to start. Hoping this new year is better. It's a time of refreshing. It's a time of recommitment, an opportunity to start again, an opportunity to start anew. And, and I think that the Apostle Paul shares with us here in verse 58 just what we need to keep in mind to face the new year with as much optimism and as much joy and as much faith as we possibly can. So, let's look at verse 58. First of all, the very first word, therefore, therefore. Now, therefore means look back. Therefore says to us, read 1 Corinthians 15. That's what it says. Therefore, because I have said these things, because these things are true. Like Christmas Eve, we talked about Alexander Kinglake that said that every church ought to have in stone above their door, important if true. Now, I believe the Bible is true. I believe the gospel is true. So I find, you know, great importance on what Paul shares here in chapter 15. Therefore, because of the gospel, because Jesus died, was buried, and rose again. Because of the gospel, because he paid the price of our sin. Because of the gospel, that is that we can't save ourselves the imperishable cannot obtain the perishable the the I mean the perishable cannot obtain the perishable we can't save ourselves so Jesus gave himself for us The gospel is spelled out by Paul in several different ways it's he gives evidence of the resurrection of Christ and and it's a beautiful. Story. It's a beautiful presentation that he gives. He talks about the resurrection of the dead. He talks about the resurrection of Christ. And he talks about in here, man, because of Jesus, because of the good news, because Jesus is alive, death has no sting in it, no sting. Because of what Jesus has provided, He has overcome death. And so we have that. We understand that. We are aware of that. And so therefore says to us, because and only because Jesus is alive, do these things. That's what the therefore means. Therefore means. Now, two things happened when you woke up this morning. And those two things that happened this morning, as simple as they are, Is all you need to be able to live a life in 2023 that has more enduring ability than you lived in 2022. Two things happen. First of all, you woke up, you're alive. You got that going for you today. Everyone that's in here today is alive. Did you ever? Isn't that crazy to think about that? Isn't that mind-blowing? I mean, isn't that a statement that you're going, oh, I didn't realize that. Everybody that walked in the church today is alive. I mean, no dead people walked in the church today. We're all alive. That means hope. And you couple that with Jesus is alive. Jesus has always been alive Jesus will always be alive, and there's no more, no one tougher than Jesus, no one more powerful than Jesus, and Jesus is alive. So you put the two together. We are alive, and Jesus is alive, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the trials and the heartbreaks and the issues that we face in 2023. There is hope for us. You can endure. Why, how, how can you endure? You're alive and Jesus is alive, let's go. Now, things may change, you may struggle, you may have issues that impact your life for the rest of your life. There may be things that take place that are difficult to overcome. Not saying that everything is peaceful and everything is joyful, we're saying that because you are alive and he is alive, You can endure, and we have that opportunity. And so that's what therefore means to me. Therefore means because Jesus is alive and we're alive, listen to these things. Now, the things that he's about to tell us this, if if Paul didn't believe these to be true, he's a horrible human being. You know, have you ever had, have you ever tried to talk to someone about Christianity, talk with someone about faith in Christ, about how we live in Christ and all those kind of things, whatever it might be, and and they say, what gives you the right to tell me how to live? I've been been told that many times in my life. I mean, I've been asked this question, "What, what gives you the right to go across the street and tell someone else about this salvation that you believe in? What gives you the right to travel and share this salvation? What gives you the right to infringe on other people's rights and share with them this truth that you believe about Jesus? Well, Jesus is alive. If Jesus was not alive, if the resurrection was a hoax, then, yeah, you're right. We don't have the right. If Jesus is just, you know, a philosopher that died, there in Jerusalem, and that's it. Then I'm with you. We don't have the right to infringe. We don't have it. But he's alive, and since he's alive, Paul is not a scoundrel. He's not a dirty rotten scoundrel. He's not a, a you know a, a psychopath. He is of sound mind because he saw Jesus. He believed Jesus, right? He understood that he was alive. So, he has the right to tell us because Jesus is alive. So, listen to the things that he said for us to do. Number one, be steadfast. Be steadfast. Steadfast means that you're firmly grounded, you're firmly seated. If there's a big wind coming, big storm coming, you batter the hatches, don't you? If there's a tornado coming and you're caught out in the middle of nowhere, what do you do? You go find you a ditch. You go grab you something that you can hold on to. You, you get as low as you can and you anchor in. If you play defensive tackle in football, when they double-team you, you get down, and you grab as much ground as you can, as grand, and, and you try to brace yourself, and you twist, and you turn, and you punch, and you pick, and you just poke their eyes out, whatever you can do, that you're not going to lose that ground. Steadfast says, as a believer in Christ, don't lose your ground. Don't backslide. Don't compromise, hang on, hang in. Grab as much as God as you can grab a hold of and hold on, hold on. That's what steadfast means. Immovable is basically the same thing as steadfast, but it's with more input, more intention, more energy. I mean, you're just not hanging on. I mean, you're hanging on times two. You're putting all of your heart into it. When, when Bum Phillips was the head coach of the Oilers, it was great days. I loved that. And, and one of the slogans that Bum Phillips had was, hold the rope. Hold on to the rope. And, 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 and he, I went to a press conference. They used to practice in San Angelo. And we could go out there, and, and then all the reporters were around him. And I said, well, I'm going to go there and listen to what he has to say. And, and basically, one of the reporters asked him, what is this hold the rope thing you're talking about? And he said, hold the rope. That's what I'm talking about. You have to understand what it means to hold the rope to understand what it means to hold the rope. And, and man, everybody kind of giggled about that. And, and he was like that. Later on, I was watching an interview with him, and he was asked again, what does it mean to hold a rope? He said, Well, it's the only thing I could think about at the time, and it kind of caught on with our team. And and we would keep on telling one another, hold on to the rope, hold on to the rope. Well, what does it mean? Well, he says, if, if you're on a cliff and and you're holding on to the rope and you're climbing off that cliff, and and the and and the rope comes loose and you're climbing that up that cliff you sure hope there's someone on top holding on to the rope. Because when you hold on to the rope and he holds on to the rope, then you get things done. And he says, it's going to take all of us to hold on to the rope to make it. And when I heard him say that, it made perfect sense to me. I said, that's the kind of logic I understand. This year, hold on to the rope. Now, our rope is Jesus. Our rope is the Holy Spirit. Our rope is the work of the body of Christ. Our rope is, is what he does in the lives of other people. Hold on to the rope. Get near the rope. Grab the rope. Get a hold of the rope. Hold on to the rope as much as you can. When that rope starts to slip through your hands and burn your hands, call for help. I need help over here. I can't hold Bubba over there. He's too heavy. Come grab the rope. And we all come and we grab the rope. Immovable, that's what it means to me. Be immovable. Decide up front, regardless of what happens. I'm going to be steadfast and I'm going to be immovable and I'm going to join others that want to be immovable with me. I'm going to go to their Bible study class. I'm going to go to our small groups. I'm going to attend the worship services. I'm going to go to fellowships. I'm going to communicate with God's people. I'm going to listen. I'm going to speak. I'm going to care. I'm going to get out of my comfort zones, and I'm going to go grab the rope with them. That's how we endure. We grab the rope. We grab the rope. Should have got one of those great big, Ropes in here and we'll all grab on it, I guess. Have one of those, what do you call that when you fight on the flag and try to pull it across the mud? What do you call it? Tug of war. Did not know that. Thank you. Yeah, grab on to the rope. The second thing, the third thing is always abounding in the work of the Lord. Overdo it. That's what it means to always abound, always abounding. Overdo it, overdo it. Overdo the work of the Lord, overdo it. If you're a complainer, if you're a whiner, if you're someone that thinks about yourself most of the time and you don't like what's going on, you're not abounding in the work of the Lord. You've heard this saying before, if you really want to help yourself, help someone else. If you really want to get strong in the Christian life, serve. If you really want to experience the presence of the Lord, live beyond yourself. Those things are true. That's a, those are true statements. Always abounding, get if you're going to survive, if you're going to make it, if you're going to abound, if you're going to hold on the rope, if you're going to be steadfast, if you're going to be immovable, you've got to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. Doesn't it make sense that where the work of the Lord is taking place, there's going to be a whole lot of God there?
1: I know God's everywhere in,
0: in you know, all no, those, those kind, kind of things thing. and the philosophy and theology of that. But it makes sense to me. If Jesus said, I'll be with you in the age after you shared the Great Commission, if you really want to experience the fullness of the Lord, man, you need to abound in the work of the Lord. That's different for you than me. But we abound in the work of the Lord. We put all of our heart into it. We hold on to that rope. We do what God's asked us to do. We serve. the Lord asks us to start a support group, we start a support group. What are we doing? We are overdoing it. We're doing more than what might be expected. We're going beyond what people think ought to be done. We get carried away. Get carried away in the work of the Lord. Get carried away with it. You need, to ha- you need to get so carried away that people that are in your circle, people that know you well, they start going, dude, have you lost your mind? You're, ex- you're overextending yourself. Yep. I'm overkilling it, aren't I? Yep. That's what we do. That's what the Word of the Lord says to us. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then the last thing, this this is to me very encouraging. Knowing that. And so he tells us because of the gospel, because of the resurrection of Christ, because he's still alive, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then he says, knowing that. So as you're doing these things, you know that. You're aware, you have an understanding. Your mind agrees, your mind sees, your mind accepts these things, knowing that in the Lord. Now, in the Lord means by faith, in the Lord, by his spirit, in the Lord, not by your might, but by his might, in the Lord, obedient, trusting, not your power, but his power, in the Lord, the things that He wants. You set out to make much of Him. You set out that you're going to really glorify Him, that that you're going to glorify Him more than you've ever glorified Him, and that's the intent of your heart and of your actions. I'm going to do this. I'm going to abound in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, labor is not in vain. So, let that soak in for just a second. Knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Another way to say it is, the things you do for the Lord is never useless. The thing that you do for the Lord is never a waste of time. The things you do for the Lord is never empty. It's always valuable. It always matters. It's always beneficial. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, if you do it in the Lord, not to to get attention for yourself, not to get anyone to give you an attaboy, not for self-praise, but for God's glory, it's it's always a big deal. It always matters. It doesn't matter what it is, but it matters. It matters. Bill Hybels, pastor up in Chicago for many years, he wrote in one of his books, someone asked him about servant, being a servant of the Lord and what that looks like. And he says, well, in our church is a a heart surgeon. From what I understand, one of the best heart surgeons there is. And he works real long hours and... uh, Evidently, he's very, very good. Well, that's really neat. He serves the Lord by doing heart surgeries. Well, of course he does. But he says, honestly, the lesson I've learned from him of what it means to be a great servant of the Lord is this. I happened to walk into our building one Saturday looking for a couple things in my office, and I heard a noise in the bathroom that's close to our offices. And he said, I walked in the bathroom, and I found that surgeon on his hands and knees with a brush cleaning the toilets. He says, we have janitors. And I asked him, I said, you know, what's going on here, doc? What are you doing? And he said, staying grounded. He said, you don't know this, pastor, but I've been cleaning this bathroom every week for years. The custodians gave me a key. I come in, and I clean all these two men and ladies' bathrooms right here. Every week I do it. Some days, it's not the same day. And he said, wow, thank you. And he said, he, the pastor walked out of the door going, oh my, I just witnessed knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I just witnessed it. so the truth of the matter is, what you do you what you do to make a living may not be like a heart surgeon, it may not be like a uh, someone that you would easily see the benefit it has to society or to people or something like that. And and you may be questioning why you do what you do. Well, as a believer, the Scripture here says, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain, what you do to make a living might be in vain, right? It really, from your position, it really doesn't have any benefit for others, I don't know, you know, maybe it's, it's something that's done in the back room to plan things and it's for other people to do. I don't know what that illustration would be. But every now and then I hear people say, man, you know, I just, I'm so frustrated with my world because my work is just meaningless. But as you do your work, do you do it in the Lord, do it for the Lord, do it for other people, do you bless people along the way? It may not be the work you do. That has the value, but it's how you do your work that has the value. And nothing we do in the Lord is in vain. It matters. It's important. It all fits in. So, the encouragement here is in the Lord, we all have purpose that's overflowing. In the Lord, we all provide addition to the body of Christ, whatever it might be, changing diapers in the nursery, teaching seventh graders (laughs) in in Bible study, staying in the seventh grade class to keep the seventh graders from losing their mind, maybe working with people and, and, and just giving of yourselves, never, never in vain. So, a weapon, a bullet for your gun, perhaps, fuse for the dynamite. Therefore, Jesus is alive. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. May it be as the Lord wants in your life. Lord, we come to you today asking for you to open our heart to your truth. May your spirit work in each of us. We praise you. We're thankful, Lord, for the fact that Jesus is alive and his fullness can be experienced and that we are alive and we still have purpose. And Lord, you still have a plan for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Ushers, please come forward.